So you want to build a house. Welcome to the podcast by Statera Homes. I'm Scott Daly and I'm joined by my co-host Jackie Kavaleski. Hi Scott, what's up? Not much. Very excited for today's episode. Yes. We're going to really delve into the first part of a series that is going to go throughout these podcasts going forward and that is kind of uh, the impact of technology on new homes. Mm -hmm. So I feel like every time you turn on the news or turn on something like technology has changed some other part of our lives. And I guess technology has always been changing our lives, but it sure seems like that is accelerating. And so that is true in new construction. And so we are from time to time going to deal with that in the podcast. And today we're going to deal with it specifically as it relates to wood flooring. Boom. Wood flooring is a big deal, Jackie. It is. Why do you think it matters? Well, it's very expensive, takes up a big part of your budget, and also it's a item that you don't typically replace often. Right. And a lot of people, we think, have a lot of anxiety when it comes to making selections about a new home. This, oh, yeah. This is why a lot of people just ultimately decide not to build a new home or they choose a builder that's not going to give them a lot of choices or right. they build, they choose a new home that's already done. But a lot of different things can, can make people nervous about making the decisions. And I feel like flooring is one of those things that really, really stresses uh, some people out. And yeah. we don't want you to be stressed. The, the idea of building a new home, like you said, it's very expensive. It's one of the most expensive things or the most expensive purchase that you'll make in your lifetime. But it's also, it should be fun and exciting because you're going to have the opportunity to build something that fits you. And so the, the way to get that done with confidence is to be educated and to work with people that know what they're talking about. So we're going to talk about wood flooring. Yep. But we're also going to talk about kind of how that's changed because let's say you haven't built a house in a while or you've never built a house. And so a lot of times people can all uh, tend to know what they've experienced. And so as technology has changed in wood flooring, uh, the idea of uh, wise decisions could have changed. So meaning you, if you have newer information now than you would have had, say, 10 years ago, you might draw a different conclusion. Sure. So, and we'll understand what you're meaning. But by, by the purposes of illustration, I have a question for you, Jackie, that isn't exactly related. Uh, and that is... So soon in the podcast. Right. right? Do you okay. know... Who Paul Krugman is? I know that he is an economist of some sorts, and that he was a contributing author to some of my undergraduate textbooks. Right, and you were a business major undergrad. Yes, I was a finance major. A finance major. Okay, so so he's a relatively he's a smart dude. Smart dude. Yes. Ivy League. I'm sure. Don't know where he teaches. I don't know enough. I just know that name. Okay, so he's famous. So he actually, I believe, won a Nobel Prize for economics. Oh, wow. I think he has a regular column in the New York Times, and he appears on uh, cable news stations. That, okay, so very smart guy. Right, that he's I don't important. actually watch cable news, but I bet he's on there. You hear about it. Right, and so <laughs> even a guy as smart as he is, sometimes when he lacks the proper information or he, he can't process the information properly, he draws the wrong conclusion. Okay. And I feel like this happens... When people decide or are trying to make decisions, at least, about what goes into their house, is they have this preconceived notion, and they take some information, and, and they apply it with their preconceived notion, and they draw a, a conclusion that probably isn't in their best interest. What was 
What right. did he do? So basically saying is they analyze the facts wrong because of their own experience. Okay. That's a much simpler way of saying it. I got it. So let me read you a quote by Paul Krugman, a brilliant uh, scholar and Nobel Prize winner from 1998 about the Internet, right? Okay. Now, the Internet was a little different in 1998 than it was than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said this. He said, by 2005 or so... It will become clear that the Internet's impact on the economy has been no greater than the fax machines. Paul. Let me say that again, because talk about a miss. By 2005 or so, it will become clear that the Internet's impact on the economy has been no greater than the fax machines. Right Now, the largest retailer in the world, which I believe is Amazon, barely existed in 1998. And if it did exist, they sold books. Mm-hmm. That was it. Amazon started as a bookstore. Um, no one had ever heard of them. Apple was this piddly little computer company right. teetering on the brink of bankruptcy. So, yeah. So, so he thought something, right? made a prediction, or, or or chose to say a statement or his belief, and then it ended up not being right. Right. Because he just wasn't up to date. He wasn't up to... And my guess is he looked at the internet in terms of his experience, which in 2008, all it really did was communicate limited amounts of information. So he just... 1998. Sorry. Yeah, 1998. Sorry. That's okay. So he thought about it. It's a faster fax machine. Mm Because now in 98, there's email. Right. So, yeah. Okay. But you... I mean, we don't know really what his thought process was. Hard to know, but that's my guess. And so he said, eh. You know, the fax machine did have an impact on um, the economy in a mm-hmm. positive way because it sped up communication dramatically. If you went from mail to a fax machine, all it, man, all of a sudden you had something. Right. So this is like people, you know, experiencing flooring 10 years ago, right. five years ago, and saying, this is my best option, but not learning right. this new is, things. This is when okay. people come to us and they have 15, 20, 30-year-old information. Uh-huh. And they and they assume that that information, which was true at the time, right, is still true today. Right. And sometimes that's the case. Sometimes it's not. Right. And so the the kicker is, you want to make sure that you have somebody that can walk you through the impact of technology. So we're going to talk about that in relation to flooring. So we're just going to mostly we're going to end up talking about it is is this newer type of flooring that is very popular now. But we want to kind of Give everybody just a little general education on flooring. And look, this is from 10,000 feet. You're going to be able to find 30 websites mm-hmm. that say information that isn't, doesn't 100% agree with this. So we are covering a very, very wide, large topic in a very, very short amount of time uh, in, in general terms. Right. We yes. want you to have a working knowledge of, uh, of some very common wood floors. Uh, but we're going to get these emails of, hey, in your podcast, you know. Right. I this is not specific. <coughs> this right. is, we split it up into three different types of flooring. And what are those three? Oh, since you asked. Solid, engineered, and laminate. Solid, engineered, and laminate. Okay. So right. generally speaking, those are the three types of hardwood floors that you're going to see in most new homes. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about solid. Yes. What do we like about solid? couple of things. We like the fact that it is... Great style-wise. I mean, let's talk about the thing that really freaks people out about floors. It's probably how they look more than anything, right? Because they're down. Right. Everyone's going to see it. Everyone's going to know if you're in a new house that whatever your floor looks like, you made that choice. Right. So love it or hate it, there's a value judgment there. And we're all a little vain. 
And so that's a huge thing. So um, hardwood has a solid hardwood, and this is usually this is the real wood uh, with a finished surface that mm -hmm. is applied to the top of it, you know, like a stain or a polyurethane or something like that. And that stuff can come pre-finished or it be, can be finished uh, on site after it's installed. It's usually three quarters of an inch thick at least, and it's usually nailed down. And it comes in all different kinds of wood species, all different kinds of colors and finishes. There's really some very limitless style options. Uh, the width of the planks can vary greatly. You can find reclaimed wood that they have taken out of an old house or stripped off the side of a barn and all different things. And so one of the wonderful things about solid hardwood is all the variety. Mm -hmm. Another one of those wonderful things is it's classic, right? Yes. So that means what, Jackie? Over time... It's timeless. It is timeless. It'll look beautiful. Right. So you'll probably never come into the Statera Homes office in Rehoboth because mm -hmm. people want to go and look at the new houses. And we're this house is 95 years old. Right. But it has hardwood floors. Uh -huh. And they look, well, they're beat up because they're old, but they look classic. Yeah. So it makes sense that in your house, years and years and years from now, hardwood still going to be a thing. Right. And you can refinish it. That's another thing. You see it on HGTV all the time. Right. It's a lot of work, but you can do it. You can make the change from dark to light, light to dark. Right. So the theory is that the, it is just what Jackie said. It's a little timeless. Um, now there are some drawbacks. Yes. Uh, the first of which is, is really important to people. It's cost. Um, and as it sits today, relative to other types of uh, wood flooring that you can put in your house, solid hardwood is expensive. Mm -hmm. It's an expensive option. So that's something that really needs to be considered when you're looking to buy. Um, another big thing is is how it deals with moisture, right? And we're going to talk about that with all these types of flooring. So there's two types of moisture that a floor has to deal with. One is direct moisture. That is, you spill water on it, Yeah. period. Right. Uh, or worse, something that is a liquid that isn't water. Um, the other one is what I would call atmospheric moisture, and that is you have a house that is humid or you have a house that is dry. Mm -hmm. Now, the reality of new homes is they tend to be dry, and they are dry because people don't open their windows as much as they used to anymore, and the houses are sealed very airtight, and they use high-efficiency heating and air conditioning systems in newer homes, and these systems dry out the air. Now, everybody kind of already figures that an air conditioner is also a dehumidifier. But what they don't realize is that a lot of these high-efficiency heating systems actually dry out the air as well. Mm -hmm. And so in the, in the wintertime, you can already have very low humidity. And now you have a house that has uh, a high-efficiency system, and it's going to be even lower humidity. Mm -hmm. The way that impacts atmospheric moisture, the way that atmospheric moisture impacts a hardwood floor is that it is going to absorb or lose moisture uh, in accordance with your atmosphere, so mm -hmm. the environment. So yeah. in the summertime, it might absorb some moisture because it's humid mm -hmm. and it's going to expand. Mm -hmm. And in the wintertime, it's going to contract. Sure. And over time, it can do that enough so that when uh, it's certain seasons of the year, it's going to squeak. Right. Or it's going to creak or it's going to do something like that. And that is just one of the joys of having a natural hardwood product over time. Right. It's going to happen. It's they And what, what is really happening when that happens, when you hear that, is it is moving around on its fastener. 
And so the wood has shrunk and contracted and, and expanded and shrunk and expanded and, and all that. And now there's a, just a microscopic amount of space between that and the fastener that holds it to the floor. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes the noise. And that's even if it's properly installed. And right. even if you have some sort of coating on there. You can do right? an amazing finish. A lot of the, these, a lot of this wood comes out pre-finished because the theory, I don't know if this is true, but it makes sense to me, the theory that a factory finish uh, is going to be a little more durable. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you don't do that, if you have it finished on site um, and it's, it's finished well, um, it, it's just, it's an issue. Okay. And so that is just sort of one of those things is that it is, it is susceptible to uh, moisture. And then uh, I would also say that another one of the drawbacks is durability, that mm-hmm. it's still wood and there are hard, hard woods that you can put on your floor like oak, which is very common. Mm-hmm. But it's... It's wood. Like you can kids it. and dogs and sand yeah. and S- dogs are the thing. You know, a lot of people are. America's pretty dog crazy at this phase, this season. Dogs of are just common down here. Right. Everybody has a dog. Right. All dogs have claws and want to scratch at stuff, and that can be your floor when the UPS man goes by. You know, my dogs have UPS person <laughs> issues because it's not always a man, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's something. The, right. the durability of a hardwood floor, right? It, it's going to be limited. It's going to be damaged. You know. Luckily, I think that distressed look is in. Yeah. Um, well, people like the the natural variety in the wood. Right. You know, that's definitely a factor of taste. But absolutely. Um, the other thing you have to consider is not being able to put it in your bathroom. Right. You know. And that's, that's certainly a thing that you know a lot that. We're seeing a lot of um, people that are just wanting to do the same surface in all of their rooms. Right. That you're not seeing. Used to see carpet in the bedrooms. Now you don't see a lot of carpet in the bedrooms. It's a style. It's, it's a style. Yeah. And uh, people have realized that carpets hold on to a lot of things that can cause indoor air quality problems. Mm-hmm. That, that uh, you can clean off of a hardwood floor that is much harder to clean out of a carpet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can't use wood. And actually, they wouldn't recommend you use it in a kitchen, although lots of people do. Right. Because you can get it wet enough that it will cause a problem. It can discolor the finish on the top. It can swell up the wood. Right. um, And create all kinds of problems. But Mm -hmm. it is a natural product, and you have to protect it as such. Right. And while the natural product could be a great thing, you know, the character in your wood floors and the different variations, some people don't really like taking that risk. Right. And some people don't want a floor to look like it's 90 when your house is 3. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Also right. that, yeah. Right? I mean, sure. it's like, I got. I want this to look brand new. One thing so. that we did, um, we didn't cover that we should is just, it is a little bit renewable. Right. So sourcing is a thing for us at Statera Homes. We talk about it all the time, and we really believe in it. And uh, most wood products of just about any variety in the United States are, are pretty responsibly sourced in that, um, wood, whether it's framing lumber, whether it is hardwood floors, you name it, is generally uh, done on a farm in an industrial scale. It comes off a tree farm. It's a renewable resource. Those trees are grown specifically for that purpose. And so we're not talking about going into some virgin forest and cutting down the wood. Right. And turning it into your floor. That's important. That is important. It is a very, very sustainable yes. resource. We wood like that. is a good thing to use if sustainability is a concern. Um, in building a new home. Sure. So, Okay. Okay, so moving on. So that was natural. 
Mm-hmm. Now we're going to go to the hybrid, which we would call engineered. In the business, that's engineered hardwood. Mm-hmm. You want to sound like an insider, be like, oh, I know all about oh, engineered. engineered wood. Mm-hmm. Engineered wood. Um, so what engineered wood, is, and what I mean is it's a hybrid, is it is a product that is manufactured that has natural wood on top, like a veneer of real wood. So when you're looking at it from above and it's installed, you see real hardwood. But underneath that thin veneer of real hardwood mm-hmm. is an engineered product, which is usually some kind of plywood, uh, some kind of manufactured wood product that is created to go underneath that. It can It's not standard plywood like you could go buy at, mm-hmm. a, uh, at a home supply store, uh, but it is probably something that is a little more compressed, a little harder, a little more durable, some kind of engineered thing. Um, and that is applied to the bottom of the veneer of hardwood it's usually a little less than half an inch thick or half an inch thick so it's it is a thin strip of real wood right packed on top of some sort of engineered some sort of engineered product right okay and that is just stacked together and that is all together all of it is a half inch right okay so then that's that stuff is all laminated together okay and then you have engineered wood so it's real wood on top and not real wood through and through gotcha uh, and there are, again, some advantages and disadvantages. So uh, when you start talking about variety, like you have in the natural, in the solid wood, you have a lot of variety in the engineered wood, mm-hmm. um, a lot of variety. And so, you know, those things are probably relatively identical. What you don't have is sort of the natural variation if you wanted like a distressed product. Um, they do make distressed engineered wood, but people say it looks very consistently distressed because mm. you're going to not take uh, a piece of you know distressed floor that was rescued out of a house that was being torn down or a barn. You're not going to take that and turn it into uh, standard engineered wood. You're going to sell that typically as is. Oh, I see. So um, they do create wood that looks distressed, but they the distressed part is simulated. Uh, and doesn't quite look the same. But okay. for a smooth finish, very durable. Typically, the finish that they're putting on um, is going to be more durable than anything else that you could do in a, in the field. Uh, the product itself is going to be a little more durable because what is behind that solid wood is is a lot stronger mm-hmm. and more durable. Um, so it has that, and it, its ability to handle moisture is much greater because... The the backing behind the solid wood is much more stable typically than a than a solid hardwood. Okay, but so this is less expensive. It can be less expensive. Oh right, not yeah, necessarily. There's, so okay. there's just a huge variety. But right. for like an identical, you know, if you wanted a, a simple piece of solid hardwood and a simple piece of engineered wood, the engineered wood is probably going to be less expensive, and it's probably a better choice in terms of its durability. It's better choice in terms of how it'll handle moisture. Uh, it is not nailed to your floor. It's usually glued to your floor. Um, it does not, shouldn't have some of the, the properties of absorbing the moisture and then having the moisture taken out of it, drying out, and that going through that cycle throughout um, the season like you would have in a natural solid product. Okay, so, so then what are the drawbacks? So the drawbacks are it can be hard to refinish. And oh. so depending on who you talk to and where you look, if you want to refinish it, some people say you can. Some people say you can't. Okay. Um, it depends on uh, who you ask and what product you buy. Certainly, some of these engineered woods can be uh, redone 
uh, but I would almost argue that some of them can't. The other thing is just the expense that um, most people that they want to change out their engineered wood don't uh, refinish it. They replace it. They just take it up and put other stuff down. Mm. So that's uh, certainly one of the drawbacks. Uh, it is still susceptible to damage over time. It might hold up better than solid wood, but it's, uh, you know, there is a dog that can mess it up. Somewhere. There is a kitchen that it can get messed up, although you'll find that hardwood installers are not as concerned about putting it in a kitchen. They're still not going to put it in a bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you do find that it has a better uh, wet tolerance. Um, okay. In terms of uh, sustainability and renewability, um, it's good in the sense the underlayment under that wood is, is typically uh, used byproducts. So like a lumber mill will cut wood that it can use for lumber and it'll have um, small pieces of wood and sawdust left over and that's what gets repurposed. Recycled, nice, okay. And compressed and stuck onto the back of the wood. So it, it's, it's good um, in that sense. The better stuff is made with what they call low VOC chemicals. Mm-hmm. VOC stands for volatile organic compound. Mm-hmm. And so... A good engineered wood is going to have low VOC stuff in it, so it's not going to create a, an indoor air quality hazard. Okay. Um, so it's still a pretty good sustainable product there. Um, and you get, um, there's a lot of advantages uh, to it. Okay. So, so then moving on. I think this might be your favorite. This. Uh, <laughs> and when I say think, I, I know. Right. Let's talk about laminate. Laminate hardwood. So let's just deal with the preconception of the word laminate. Yeah. Because when you usually say laminate, in my mind, what it goes off is vinyl floor. Right. Everyone sticks their nose up in the air. Laminate. I would never put that in my house. And, you know, $500,000 for a house and you say, oh, I have laminate floors. Like, okay, you're lying at the party if you do that. Yeah. (laughs) But here's where... The Krugman effect, if you will, is we want to make sure that you've got the information that you need and that you're kind of seeing that that this is a chain. This is a game changer. Let's just hear us out. Just hear us out. So laminate wood isn't really wood. What it is, it it Uh is some manufactured product. It can be plastic based. It can be wood based. um, And it is made to look like wood. And so it's got. Uh, an undersurface, a little bit of padding on it maybe on the bottom, or you install it over a pad. And then it's got a, a, a finished layer, which they call a picture, which is literally a picture of wood. And then it's got a layer where you just, that it, that'll keep all that protected. Now, the better stuff, mm-hmm. um, this stuff has been around for a long time, laminate hardwood, but it, it had a lousy reputation because it didn't look realistic uh, and it didn't hold up that well. But they have uh, really changed the way this stuff is manufactured, both in what goes under it, but specifically in the picture. And they have now been able to texture under the picture. So right. it used to be, if you looked at laminate hardwood 20 years ago, there was a, that you'd see a knot in the wood because that was what was in the picture. But but the knot, it was a picture of a knot. Well, now when you see the knot of a of a higher end laminate hardwood, you can feel the knot. Yeah, it's so realistic. Right. And so we literally, and you don't want to be these people, they walk into our model, which yeah. has laminate hardwood, and they go, I would never 
install laminate hardwood. And so our snarky salesperson will go, what do you think of these floors? And she, I love these floors. These floors are perfect. Mm -hmm. And then we say, oh, they're laminate. Yeah. And then there's that awkward moment where you're Paul Krugman. Right. You just didn't know that you, they look like right. that Right. And the internet it's is okay. not a fax machine. You're still smart. You're still a wonderful person. Right. Like Paul. But you just didn't know. But then you've got this thing. So right. that's a deal. And so you, you want to make sure that you understand that laminate is great. And here's why it's great. Ready? It's the better end stuff is, is marketed as waterproof. Now, what that really means is it is highly resistant to water, meaning you can put it in a bathroom. You can put it in the kitchen. You can put it throughout your house. Mm -hmm. So it is incredibly durable, and the stuff is beautiful, and the variety in which this stuff comes is almost limitless. Okay. Because it's you don't have to go out and find it. Like right. it's You can create a better-looking wood than uh, a forest can create. Right. But when you say waterproof, you mean, you know, like you clean up spills, right? You can't yes. just have standing water right. on your Right. If floor. you put this thing in the bathtub right. and leave it there, sooner yeah. or later, it's it's going to not perform. Sure. Uh, but it is it is safe for wet spaces, just okay. like ceramic tile. Okay. If you leave water on your ceramic tile floor, sooner or later, you're going to have a problem. Right. Uh, you know, nothing is 100% waterproof, but it is marketed at waterproof as waterproof uh, so you can use that it comes in a bunch of incredible finishes it right. is unbelievably durable so if you if if dogs are a thing if sand is a thing um, this is the stuff and again this stuff can be damaged that this stuff is going to hold up much better than anything else right that you can get for your floors and so it's really getting over that snob factor of oh i can't believe i'm going to put a fake hardwood floor in my house but living with the fake hardwood floor is awesome <laughs> and so and we don't want to talk you out of the other stuff like if you're old school and go no i want hardwood floors yeah, i want to be able to say that is hard wood on my floor i don't want to be able to say that is laminate right it's a preference right um so one of the other big differences is, is how it's installed in a, a laminate hardwood floor. And a lot of times we call this LVP, which stands for Luxury Vinyl Plank. Yep. I don't know where that came from. It just was. Our flooring people. Right. They said, this is what you call it. And we said, okay. Well, you want to be in the know. So now you're in the know just like us. Yeah. LVP wow. people. That was free. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so LVP is it's a floating floor, which means it kind of snaps into place. It's not actually attached to uh, the floor itself, but it floats across. So it has a different feel as you're walking on. It's got a little more give, which mm -hmm. is not what you expect because you look at this and you touch it and you think hardwood, but you walk across it, you know it's not. Uh, but in a way, sometimes it's a little better because it has a little more give. And mm -hmm. people ultimately like that under their feet. You know, the, the upside of carpet is it was soft and right. cushy. Um, the downside is it held pet dander. So this Gross. is a little bit in between. It's beautiful, durable, uh, but it definitely installs a little differently. But if you do need to take it up or you do change your mind, you do want to swap it out. Obviously, refinishing this stuff is not an option. Right. Um, but because it's floating floor, it's not attached to anything. The It comes out relatively easily. So... Um, so those are all just some of the factors to consider. You know, there's right. one other thing that I kind of wanted to step out uh, and, and talk about, and that was bamboo floors. 
Ooh. Right? So... Should I not have oohed? You can ooh. Okay. So, you know, bamboo floors are kind of a fading thing. Oh. But once upon a time, this was the rage. And so people are like, oh, I'd love to get a bamboo floor. Because bamboo is obviously a very renewable resource. Mm-hmm. It grows very easily. It, most of the world views bamboo like a weed. We in America, we tend to think it's a little exotic. Until you plant it and try to control it, it grows it's very invasive everywhere. Species. Incredibly yeah. invasive. Right. Sure. So what bamboo floor is, is they take bamboo and they compress it and they glue it together and they stick it in and they make it a floor. Okay. And you love that it's renewable because it's bamboo, but the reality of bamboo floors is is they're not any more or less environmentally friendly than any of these products because to get bamboo to be hard like wood mm-hmm. or and be durable, uh, you have to uh, do some work to it. Okay. So you add a lot of... Right. So... Okay. The people that are feeling high and mighty about their environmentally friendly bamboo floors, and, and then they want to guilt you mm-hmm. because you want cherry uh, <laughs> or something that looks like cherry, I want to encourage you to get over it and explain to them that there is a lot of extruded epoxy and heaven knows whatever else chemicals going into their bamboo to make it hard because bamboo is not hard like wood mm-hmm. um so that's a thing and that doesn't mean it's a bad thing and if it's if you love it it comes in different finishes and stuff like that it's hard to get a wide plank so if you look at bamboo because bamboo doesn't grow very thick they have to take narrow strips and uh stick it together so that is really strictly not hardwood because uh bamboo is sort of a different thing i don't know enough about botany to know how bamboo is classified but it sure doesn't look like a tree to me. It's mm. probably a grass <laughs> that yeah, just I has a really big stalk. I expect you to know those things. I Jackie. just I should have Googled it while you were talking. Jackie it's has usually a master's degree, and clearly her master's <sighs> degree did not educate her to the level of knowing what bamboo is. Oh, come on, isn't is. there something else we're supposed to be talking about? Install. Yes. Install. How about that? So I think we covered the install of those three. So bamboo yeah. generally gets glued. I guess you, you might be able to nail it down. Well, you know, it tends I to be a little thicker than half an inch, but I it's still an engineered product. I do have a question because I know that we sit our cabinets up a little bit higher, and I guess there's a way that you're you're better explaining this. We, there's a way that we have a clean look when we install our island and cabinets, and that's something that I really like. It's a little small right. detail in the kitchen. Is that something that you know? You can ask the builder if they do, or will builders do that for you? Okay, so let's give you an insider tip. Let's say you're walking into models, and heaven forbid you walk into a model that is not Statera Homes. Ugh. What are you doing? Yeah. Leave <laughs> now. Come That's and see us. a great introduction to the story. Okay. Okay. So, first of all, these builders have beautiful model homes. Everything's gorgeous. Yeah. And so if you want to know, okay, these are these folks really kind of high-end? or Because I can't tell the difference, right? Yeah. And that's okay. You're... It's, That's normal. Yeah, it's okay to walk into a model and not be able to say, hey, how is this different than all the other builders I'm looking at? Yeah, and the short answer, yeah. it's probably not. The long answer is, look, go in the kitchen, mm-hmm. look at the bottom of the cabinets, and see if there is a round piece that surrounds the cabinet base and attaches to the cabinet base and the floor. Okay. And it's an extra round piece of trim. You're going to be able to tell that it was not a part of the cabinet itself. Okay. There's an extra piece of it, and that is called quarter round, and mm-hmm. that is generally on uh, uh, on mid-range and low-range houses. That piece of quarter round is applied around all of the cabinets. So if you see that, then you realize, okay, A, I am not dealing with a, with a high-end kitchen, okay? Now, at Statera, we're kitchen snobs. 
So let me break down what you're seeing. When you see that quarter round, uh-huh. you immediately understand that, generally speaking, the cabinets were installed before the hardwood. Okay. Right? So high-end custom homes up until very recently only ever did solid wood. Okay. And so if you're going to install solid wood, you're going to install the wood first and set the cabinets on top of it. Okay. What that does is that bottom part of the cabinet underneath the uh, you know, your drawers or your doors or mm-hmm. anything is called the kick plate, which makes a lot of sense because if you were to kick a cabinet, mm-hmm. that's where it was. So a cabinet, uh, the bottom of the kick plate sits right on top of the hardwood. And so there is no need for a piece of trim there to hide okay. irregularities between where the hardwood meets the cabinet because yeah, the hardwood like sits. So that's a very clean look. Yeah. Now, when you install... The cabinets first, you can only get the hardwood so close to the cabinets, okay? Because you have to cut, and so let's say you're off by an eighth of an inch, and you're not going to be, you're going to not be consistent. There's going to be okay. yeah, yeah. gaps that are smaller and bigger, and so mm-hmm. that's what that piece of quarter round is hiding. That piece of quarter round is hiding the the gaps between the hardwood and where the cabinet is. Right. So they put that piece of cord around. It's usually matched to the color of the cabinets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't even think about it. Right. Okay. Yeah. So the problem with end or excuse me, laminate hardwood is that it because it's floating, because it's not attached to the floor, you can't put the cabinets on top of it even if you wanted to. Okay. Um, and so what we do is we have a process where we install some plywood underneath the cabinets that hold up uh, the cabinets equal to the level of the laminate mm-hmm. so that the gap is gone. So you get that high-end look, but you get it in a laminate product. Yeah. And so there you go. Maybe That's within your budget. Right. Go yeah. in the okay. kitchen of the model and look for the molding. If the molding's there then you know, okay, these cabinets went in before the floors. If the molding's not there, then you're in a high-end That's interesting. Kitchen. Well, that might not be the only thing, but that's one of the things to look for, that right? That is one yeah. of the things to look for. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. So now you're in the know. Now you will not make a Paul Krugman-like conclusion when you're choosing your new things. And we're right. not trying to throw Paul under the bus. This no. was 22 years ago. We don't know him. We don't know him. We don't He's know him personally. probably smarter than both of us combined. It's a safe bet. Safe bet. So um, so we hope you enjoyed this episode. This is the So You Want to Build a House podcast. I'm Scott Daly. And I'm Jackie Kowaleski. And we look forward to spending time with you in our next episode. So You Want to Build a House is brought to you by Statera Homes. Statera Homes is a craft home builder in Southern Delaware. This builder finds value in working with you to build a home that is the perfect fit for your lifestyle. Statera truly sets themselves apart from other builders in the area. To find out more, visit their website, www.staterahomes.com. That's S-T-A-T-E-R-A-H-O-M-E-S.com. Or call their model home at area code 302-329-8881. That's 302-329-8881.
1-800-273-8081. Music from this podcast was by the band Defining Parallel from their recent single, Painted Lives. Thank you for listening to So You Want to Build a House. To stay updated on the most recent episodes, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you found it to begin with, or check out Statera Homes' website, which is again, www.staterahomes.com. Thank you very much.